We are the end of a millennium. We are a decade of decadence. We are the 90s. Today's topic, just in case you guys haven't figured it out, because I've been dropping hints to you all week, is the motherfucking superhero of the 90s, Batman. Everything Batman. Everything Batman. So we're talking Batman today. We're talking Batman. I told you. I told you. He told you. Wait, did I tell you? Did he? What was the hint that he gave he that? He didn't. I knew. I don't think. I don't know. I don't know. You all like provided hints from like gifting a Batmobile to Joe. What did we watch last night before going to sleep? I don't know. I went to sleep. Well, you should pay attention. What did I send you this morning? And I called it too. He did. Step it up. So again, like I said, today's uh, episode is all about Batman. Starting from, I mean, what kicked off it all was the released in 1989 Batman. Directed by Tim Burton, starring Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson as Joker. When you compare superhero movies today, like this is, <laughs> this is like what really like kicked it all off. So basically, what you guys don't know is this movie took about ten years to make. They started it in '79 when it was finally released in '89. It was a cult classic. So the movie at the time was budgeted for about thirty-five to forty-eight million just to make, which was the highest budgeted movie at that time. Ultimately, the movie ended up bringing in about two hundred and fifty-three million worldwide. So it was a, a massive success. Yeah. So we've discussed this several other times throughout our other podcasts and stuff like that. But like every, like the cool thing about Batman is like it doesn't matter what age you are, you know who the character is, and everybody kind of like has their Batman. Who's your Batman? My my Batman's got to be Batfleck. I'm, Batfleck. I'm a fan of the Batfleck. Yeah. Ben Affleck in the yeah. movie and a half because he he looks like Batman. He looks je- he looks like the the cartoon characters that have ridiculously like thin waists uh-huh. but the biggest pectorals you've ever seen. We'll get into And he those. moved like Batman. What about you, Joe? Who is your Batman? The Lego Batman. God damn it, Joe. <laughs> Fucking Christ. God damn it. We're going to have to cut out so many expletives from this if you continue <laughs> to say stupid shit like that. He's the best Batman. So I re- I'll reveal to you guys who who my Batman is at the end of this. I don't know if we've talked about it in this much detail before, but I know I've probably given you different answers throughout the years. So again, I'll give you my favorite, which coincidentally was also Bob Kane's favorite before he died. Interesting. Right. Well, the the floor is set. You can't go any lower than Lego Batman. So <laughs> nothing you say will be worse than that. All right. So. I would have loved to have told you guys what the theme is a week ago and fully prepare by watching every single one of these movies. <laughs> and Thank them. God we don't do that. <laughs> so what are your memories of the original 1989 Batman? That's the one we were just watching the documentary of? No. What are, what are we talking about? I have very bad memories. Of <laughs> Thomas was born, born that year. Oh, yeah, I was born that year. Yeah. You were born in 89. When did it come out? What month and day did it come out? <laughs> I know it came out in 89. You want the official release? I mean... It's known as the 89 Batman. It's it's Batman. It had to be a summer movie. Maybe. Joe will tell you right now the official release date, but... So you don't remember this movie at all? Once you start talking about the story? Yeah. I absolutely have seen it. We're going to get into the backstory of it is so... Warner Brothers uh, hired a young filmmaker by the name of Tim Burton. Boo. Who wasn't... The Tim Burton that you know today oh, at okay. that time. Yay. He only had two movies under his belt. He had literally only done Pee-wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and Beetlejuice before Beetlejuice he jumped right great. into Batman. As we all know, especially by now, Tim Burton tends to fall in love, quite literally in his case, given who his wife is, with the actors and actresses that he works with. So uh, after he was done with um, with Beetlejuice, he just went right into Batman and he basically told Michael Keaton, like, hey, you're you're coming along because his artistic mind said that Batman, the suit is pretty much what makes him. So the actor needs to have like the eyes like good. You need to be able to tell the story with your eyes. So he liked something about Keaton's eyes, like whatever story they told the tragedy. So it was somewhat of a controversial casting choice at the time what a backhanded compliment 
Yeah, right. You, like your, your eyes your are like very tragic. Dead eyes are, are what's going to cast you in this movie. Yeah, so uh, all five foot four of Michael Keaton. He's five. I don't think four? he's five foot four. But he's Shut short. The fuck up. Batman's supposed to be like six four. Joe, how tall are you? <laughs> four five. Five. Ouch. What? You're not four eleven. Five two. Five With two heels or without heels? See, so Keaton can still be your Batman. <laughs> Keaton can't be our Batman. I'm not taller than Batman. <laughs> I don't think Keaton's 5'4". Don't quote me on oh, okay. That. I'm just saying Batman, the character himself, is 6'4". And I know in the past, like, they cast Affleck because he was exactly 6'4". That, that type oh, yeah. of stuff. You know, so Michael Keaton does not He's strike me as... He's 5'9"-ish. Okay, so we're both still <laughs> taller than Batman. Does it say ish on IMDb? No, but one says 5'10", and then another one says 5'9". So oh, okay. I'm going to go with ish. <laughs> I'm not the same height as Batman. Right? He still can't be my Batman. Anyways, with the controversial casting choice of a Michael Keaton, because he was only known as a comedic actor at the time. People remembered him as Beetlejuice, and now that's going to be your Batman. So you can imagine. Obviously, not a single person in the world had an issue when they cast Jack Nicholson as the Joker. That was just... I mean, I think he won an award for it, and in my personal opinion, he shouldn't have, because I think an award is, is for someone that can act their their way and jack nicholson it was just being natural just with makeup on his face yeah that's not acting he's just being interesting what you mean he's he acts like himself yeah he, like act he, like he the, really the is that okay. you know everything that he was doing in that movie so it's just like hey go we're gonna paint your face but just go be jack nicholson so anyways a lot of what we call fanboys today didn't like it or, or bashed it a little bit because what a lot of these properties do, and you can still kind of see some of this stuff today, is they take uh, familiar characters or familiar names of cities or things like that and then just incorporate their own story. Tim Burton's no different. He has a wacky imagination for things. So he played with the mythos a little bit. Like in his movie, it was a young Jack Nicholson, a young Joker character that killed bruce wayne's parents and you know it's like right. that kind of stuff that's like oh, that's yeah i remember not... that part that was yeah. right it's but overall again so if you only spent let's say max 48 to make the movie and you gross 253 i think you you know what you're doing yeah. that's over a 200 million dollar profit can't be all that bad people obviously liked it and it obviously spun a few more movies an animated tv show and basically the universe that we occupy right now what about you, Joe? Do you remember this this Batman movie at all? Like storyline? No. I remember what they look like. And it's awful. <laughs> so another yeah. little piece of controversy was that um, at the end of the movie, he essentially kills the Joker. Like Spoiler alert. Mm. The Joker ends up dying at the end of the movie. Yeah, I remember he when, when Batfleck was, was massacring <laughs> people that they were like, they even killed the Joker. Yeah. In uh, what's his name's movie. Exactly. So... I highly recommend you guys go back and watch it. Just, I mean, it is a Tim Burton movie at the end of the day. You know, it's a nice blend of like what Tim Burton's movies look like and the Batman characters and universe and stuff. So it's pretty cool. But so that came out in 1989. I mean, I mean, again, $200 million profit. So, of course, the studio is like, we want another one. We need more Batman. We like need like more anybody Batman. needs to say that. Right. So Tim Burton, obviously very reluctant at the time didn't want to do it you know he had never done two movies keaton himself had come out and said that he had never played the same actor twice or the same character twice they allowed tim burton to go off and do uh, edward scissorhands with a uh, young johnny depp joe we're not here to talk about what, it. A, what a huge today. mistake he should have just gone straight to the next batman could have saved us all oh my god yeah i'm looking at the back of your laptop and it's all <laughs> tim burton Beetle, yeah. Beetlejuice, Scissorhand, <laughs> crap. That's awesome. Aww. So, uh, obviously, after Edward Scissorhands, then they came back and they made uh, Batman Returns, which was released in 1992. All right, tell me about Batman Returns. Mm-hmm. So, Batman Returns, uh, the budget for Batman Returns was $80 million. So, they nearly doubled it. Didn't do as good. It only grossed about 162 Worldwide? Yeah. Holy shit. Still made, you know, still doubled. But still, you know. Depending on how much of that comes from overseas, though, that's not necessarily good. Yeah. Long story short, again, very reluctant. Kind of halfway in, halfway out the whole time. Keaton himself had come out and said at the beginning he was struggling because he almost felt like a a parody of himself. Because, again, he had never done the same character twice. So he has to get back into that and, and that kind of stuff. And it was difficult. But 
one of our favorite casting choices. <laughs> He's already laughing, <laughs> and Joe's rolling her eyes. So, Michelle Pfeiffer, Pfeiffer's, was cast as a Catwoman. Wasn't the first, wasn't the only candidate, but I think in our hearts the best. By far the second best. <laughs> <laughs> After my girl Annie Hathaway. If you fucking mention Annie Hathaway. Anyways, so you also had Danny DeVito as the Penguin, as the Tim Burton grotesque mutilated version of a Oswald Cobblepot Penguin character. I would have nightmares just working on that production set, watching Danny DeVito yeah. walk around <laughs> with those little legs yeah. in the fat suit that he was wearing in that long nose. My God, it is, it, it's like one of those snake creatures from Beetlejuice come to life. That's what it looked like with the teeth and all that. I mean, again, it's like this is what happens when you take these characters and you give it to a guy like Tim Burton and say, hey, go do what you want to do. You know, so again, sticking with the same concept as he did before, he changed a few things, you know, from cats uh, licking and nibbling at uh, a dead woman, bringing her back to life <laughs> as this Catwoman character. And the Penguin's character was somebody that had a birth defect. Is and that what it is? Yeah, that's so the movie starts off. He's born to a rich, wealthy family. Uh, the Cobblepots, they immediately look at him and say, why does our kid look like a fish? Why does he have flippers? Why are his teeth sharp? We don't want this. This is going to affect our place in society. So let's put him in a basket and ship him up the river and just let nature take its course. Damn. Which is exactly what happened. So, How, What's his story in the comics? Do you know? <clears throat> Nothing. He's just a fat guy. He just He's, is a fat he guy. Is, he is Bruce Wayne. Minus all the physicality and detective smarts. Uh, he's just a mobster looking guy, kind of round, kind of has mm -hmm. a beak nose, shares features of, of like what you would think a bird would look like. And right. just because he's always in a tuxedo, they call him the penguin. Mm. Yeah, not at all what you would think of this movie. But again, when Tim Burton gets a hold of it, all bets are off. How do you feel about yourself, Joe? Being a fan of this guy who just does whatever he wants to Danny DeVito. The perfect casting. I don't remember oh, this wait. movie much either, but oh, I, mean, I know what we will he's be doing amazing. tonight. Oh, oh yeah. my god! You just—you should have just lied, Joe. You should have just said I've seen this movie no. a million times. I—I I, the only part I remember too is the penguin in that one scene where he's like looking up and eating fish, and it creeps me out. Oh, I yeah, don't yeah. want to watch it fish. anymore. Yeah. Again, so it's like that's—that's that's like a Tim Burton visual that you know because this guy is a sewer monster. What is <laughs> like? What? What do you? You know, he's a human at the end of the day. Sewer monster. <laughs> Yeah, because it was like he was shipped up the river, and it was like a flock of penguins, which I don't know where the fuck Gotham is in this world, and why there's Gotham, penguins underground. Gotham is just the weirdest place. Yeah. It, it, it exists everywhere. There is. And right next to New York or something. <laughs> exactly. Right across the harbor. Right. Conspiracy so. corner. Well, wait, wasn't, oh, wasn't go. um, Gotham in uh, Batman vs. Superman? was right Gotham next was essentially to Boston and in how the cities looked or in like geographical location. No, like geographically oh, really? Gotham is, is like, there's like a bay or a Harbor or something. And, and Gotham hmm. is on one side and Metropolis is on the other side. I always think they keep saying like a uh, Superman's like a small town, Kansas boy or something yeah. like that. Smallville is maybe in Kansas or something. Mm -hmm. So I always think that that's where that is. And because those two cities were right next to each other, now I'm like, oh shit, is Gotham down in like the south? No, I always imagined it like Gotham is like Chicago. Yeah. And Metropolis is like Manhattan is New right. York. Well, hold on. Gotham has a harbor, right? Isn't there yeah. Gotham Harbor? Yeah. So Gotham has to be on a Chicago's coast area. on a river. Well yeah, but does it have like a big harbor like like Chicago you would think, has Chicago. Boats and or like port, Chicago. maybe not a harbor, yeah. but like uh, port. that's like what the Navy Pier is right on it's on the water, like yeah. all that. Man, we learned so much on this podcast. <laughs> oh, boy. That's what Batman does. So, <laughs> yeah, 1992 Batman. I mean, I thought it was a good movie. I thought, you know, it was, again, with the deco of Tim Burton. And, and this, he didn't go too crazy on the story. You know, it was the first time we got to see, like, you know, that you have a superhero, you have a supervillain type deal, right? But then, like, he introduced this Catwoman character, which is, like, she's kind of, like, She's in between. You know, sometimes she helps Batman. She's clearly helping the Penguin. So it's like that duality from a psychological standpoint. Like, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Is that a, is that a good character? She's Switzerland. No, she's... No, no, no not, not in terms of, like, oh. hero or villain. But, like, was that a good oh. character representation? 
Absolutely. I think so. Yeah. At least for what that character is seminally in the comics. Catwoman is somebody that she is all about helping Catwoman. Now, if that means that helps Batman in this given moment, then sure. She's also a thief where Batman is not. Again, in, in a world where you're either a hero or, or a villain, she's like, uh, I'm Catwoman. And I'm going to do what's best for me at any given time. Seems perfectly portrayed by Annie Hathaway. <laughs> right? She left the city when they were in need. She came back. She robbed people. She's great. My God. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Anne Hathaway's. Okay, so believe it or not, this this you can add this in your little conspiracy corner thing. Oh, before I take it there, so... Immediately after the 1992 movie, though considered still a success, not necessarily a flop, Warner Brothers came out with Batman the Animated Series. Hell yeah. Which, I'm sure you guys remember those. So airing over 1992 to 1995, I mean, these things were amazing. If I, they won an award for um, like Best Animated Series at the time mm-hmm. because it really did set the mark. At the time, you had, like, the X-Men and and maybe, like, the old Spider-Man cartoons. But, like, these were – they were sharp. It was – it's what Batman is. And I think it set the standard moving forward for everything Batman after that. It didn't try to be, like, a kid's show. Right. It tried to be a show that that serviced, I think, the the largest part of the fan base, which is fanboys that, you know, sit in a a room – in their house when they're 30 to 33 years old doing a podcast about Batman, <laughs> right? And uh, these these kids who are just going to buy, they're, they're going to dress up as Batman every Halloween. They're going to buy all the Batman stuff. So I'm a huge, uh, I'm a visual person, but I'm also a sound guy. You can close your eyes and you think Pirates of the Caribbean, you, you can sing the song in your head. Like, you know the song. I try not to. <laughs> I tried but, to forget that song can, immediately after the right? movie. Star Wars song. Batman's no different. So composer Danny Elfman composed the song for the 89 and 92 movie. He also composed the song for the animated series. Hmm. It's very similar, just a little bit different, a little bit, you know, it's a quicker, it's an insert of it. Still iconic. And I mean, I can still hear it now. And just, it's one of those things where just hearing that song takes me right back to youth, to childhood. And it's just, I'm instantly happy. This series essentially took the best of both worlds. It took the Burton universe, everything inspired from those movies, but stayed true to the comics where you were literally just recreating each comic frame by frame, essentially, in an animated universe. And it just was another way to introduce a different generation of kids to these stories. I think in this time also, the 90s, when you think of 90s in comic books, how everything was meant to be like very dark. Not very dark, but like there's definitely a very adult or 18 plus label on all the 90s stuff and just how it looks and how the stories were. So, yeah, the cartoon probably captured all these kids because that's the only thing that you really can grasp onto. So Paul Dini, which is the creator of this, uh, he's the one that is uh, coming back doing that other comic series that I just sent you, um, is almost independently responsible for the creation of Harley Quinn. Did you know she was created originally in the TV cartoon? Did you know that, Joe? Um, I didn't know it was that cartoon, but yes. Oh, yeah. You knew that she was from a cartoon rather mm-hmm. than a comic? Mm-hmm. Nice job. You got to understand, try. too, in this time, it's all about marketing. So you have this big money corporation, Warner Brothers, talking, you know, how can we squeeze more money out of this? So it's Goddamn what Warner toys Brothers. can we create? The Danny DeVito character originally in the movie was created obviously completely over the top and had to have been dubbed down just because it's like you would hear things like oh like that looks cool but we can't make a toy out of that so Hmm. you got to design it in a way that we can make a toy and be able to sell things like that that's the coolest part about i guess all this how it goes together when you're making children's stuff like if, if you haven't watched um the toys that made us yeah and just hear about how Power Rangers built off of itself, how G.I. Joe, how all these things started with, well, can we sell toys to kids? Exactly. That's like the crack of of the industry. Like, we got to (laughs) figure out toys because that's going to hook everybody. Joe, have you ever done crack? (laughs) Do you like toys? Don't answer that. Oh, my God. God. Don't answer that either. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Here's where it starts to uh, get a little hairy. Mm -hmm. 1995. 
course now Warner Brothers is like, hey, we've made two movies. We've made this uh, animated TV show. We're filthy rich. We're doing great. We want more. More Batman. More Batman on the big screen. They approach Burton and Keaton again. And again, they're met with reluctance. It's it's now a few more years have passed. And it's like, do we really want to keep doing this? You know, what else is there left to tell? They start production on a movie. Keaton is to return. This time, you know, they're going to do Two-Face. So Two-Face is going to be in the movie. They're going to have a Robin for the first time mm-hmm. in a movie. I see where this is going. Do you? I think so. Where? Because that's how it turns out. (laughs) Well, sure, but but see, so we're still talking about Burton, right? Okay. Which isn't the movie that you're familiar with. Ooh. Right. Secret movie. So this Burton movie, again, was supposed to be over the top. Keaton was to return. Billy D. Williams, that you will know as Lando Mm -hmm. Calrissian from the Star Wars movies, was actually in very, very small cameos in the original 1989 Batman as detective, or uh, detective, I'm sorry, district attorney Harvey Dent. Was he really? And again, that's the good thing is like they just mention him. He gives a speech, whatever. He leaves. He's gone. He's not an intricate part of the movie. But you know, fanboys, again, at some point down the line, it's like, that's Two-Face. Like, we know that. Mm-hmm. So now Two-Face is going to be in this movie. And of course, Billy D. Williams is like, I want that Batman money. So Tim Burton being the... Uh, socially conscious person that he is when he looked at batman returns and saw perhaps maybe the skin color of some of the actors that he had in his head was like our robin's got to be black oh yeah so they cast a young marlon waynes to be robin brothers which if you think about it if you've seen marlon waynes in other movies that like maybe aren't so comedy or whatever it's like he could have done it now think about this for a minute your robin would have probably been taller than batman I don't know yeah. about that. Yeah. There'd been a lot of standing on soapboxes and stuff. <laughs> not, not yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of Tom Cruise platforms. Yeah, yeah, right. Or like Tom Hardy. Just yeah, all really? the Toms. Why are Toms in in Hollywood so small? Uh, yeah, Tom Hardy's like five eight, and he had to play Bane, so all the shots had to be of like some upward angle, or he had to be uh, on the platform. Yeah, Marlon Wayans. Marlon Wayans is the he's the less serious one. Correct. Okay. All right. I'm there now. Obviously, it didn't work out. A lot of creative differences. Tim Burton obviously wanted to stick to a Tim Burton style of movie. The studio wanted him, again, to be, you know, how can we do some of the things that you want to do and make them toys and be able to sell them? So, again, after his second collaboration, now moving on to the third, he figured, listen, like it's time to just move on. Yeah. So, he left the project. Uh, immediately after the departure, Michael Keaton is like, uh, I'm gone. So he left. So the studio was kind of in a bind, and they brought in Joel Schumacher. Now, Joel Schumacher, do you know any of his movies? Do you even know who this guy is? I've heard the name. Yeah. I don't know. Joel, Joel Schumacher did The Lost Boys. Right. That was a good movie. For its time. Which was okay, the 80s? That is early 80s? Right. a great movie, always. Okay, well, can you do a Lost Boys in a Batman universe? Dark and creepy. I mean, he's a like bat. He can suck blood. And... Oh, boy. Well, there we go. Apparently, Batman fucks bats and also sucks blood <laughs> in Joe's world. Sleeps yep. upside down. And sleeps upside down. Yeah, so yeah, it just works. Lego Batman. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Joel Schumacher steps in and immediately wants to change a few things around. Doesn't like some of the casting decisions. Doesn't want Billy D. Williams as Two-Face. So what does Warner Brothers do? They pay him out. Here's a boatload of money. Go away. Shut up. Hmm. We'd rather hire someone else. Uh, Marlon Wayans never put on a suit, never stepped on set, had a contract. Joel Schumacher says, I don't want him. So throw him a boatload of money. Marlon Wayans got paid for a movie that he never one day worked on. Hmm. He signed a piece of paper because he had this piece of paper. He had to get paid. They paid him. He walked away. And then obviously Michael Keaton is now gone as well. So it's your starting from scratch. Joel Schumacher immediately screen tests a bunch of different actors, including a Billy Zane, which I thought that would have been Billy great. Zane. Think of Billy Zane Titanic as Batman. Hmm. That would have worked. But hey. It's hard to see. <laughs> it's hard to see. It's because you've never seen The Phantom. Well, yes, that's true. If yeah. you watch The Phantom, you will definitely see it. Also, just because Billy Zane. It would be such a perfect Lex Luthor. Well, you're thinking bald Billy Zane. Yeah. 
No, that's why I said Billy Zane Titanic. He has hair. Yeah, but he's also a douchebag. Bruce, Bruce Wayne Bruce isn't Wayne. that much of a douchebag. You remember Christian Bale, Bruce Wayne? Well, that's just because Christian Bale's a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> he just couldn't turn it off. <laughs> Anyways. He's, he's not a douchebag. Christian, um, if you're listening. So, Batman Forever, which was released in 95, starring Val Kilmer as Batman. Mm-hmm. Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face. Yep. One Jim Carrey as the Riddler. Amazing. Nicole Kidman. Um, as Nicole Kidman? No, no, no. As Dr. Chase Meridian. But again, you guys don't know. No there is no is. Dr. Chase Meridian. They just needed a female character. But he brought in Nicole Kidman. Because the one thing Schumacher could do is is bring in that star power. Right. People wanted to work with him. He had Drew Barrymore as just one of the henchmen girls with Two-Face. <laughs> you know, you didn't even know it was like Drew Barrymore. He had to be over the top, so he right. took a character like Two Face and said, "This guy's just split down the middle. There's a good and a bad <laughs> to everything, even down to his girlfriends. So he's gonna have a bad girlfriend that is dressed in all black and is gothic and this and that, and then he's gonna have a good girlfriend that's dressed in all white and and gives him white wine and stuff like that. It's like." So Drew Barrymore was actually the uh, good version of his girlfriends, if you can believe that. Okay. But anyways, again, it was, you know, it's perfect for the time. You had an over-the-top Jim Carrey. Oh, and I forgot, Chris O'Donnell was cast as Robin. For as much crap as people might give him maybe today, I didn't mind Chris O'Donnell as Robin. I really didn't. Looking at how they shot it and the way that they wanted him to be, I would have I wouldn't have minded to see Marlon Wayne's as that like the the cool younger hip more in tune with society character still a badass that can do acrobatics and fight though so one of the things I do agree with though that I like what Schumacher did is that he just he aged Robin he wasn't the boy wonder it wasn't like a 12 year old alongside mm-hmm. this 30 year old man fighting crime it was was a young 20-year-old and a 30-year-old fighting crime side by side. So you could see that a little bit more. Why did he go live with him? He was an orphan. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah I mean, I if he's, was, he, was he 20 or are you just saying that like he's an, he was an well, older you, teenage person? He definitely wasn't like a young kid. Right. Even the character. He had a motorcycle. Yeah. He traveled. Oh, okay. you know, yeah. He's going to come live with me. He drives himself. So he's at to, least... 17, 18 yeah. years old, He's right? Probably if you wanted to like even, that. but if you yeah. look at him, it's like, dude, this guy, he looks like a, looks like a 20 something year old. That's, that's the nineties. That's, that's the nineties. High school yeah. students being played by 30 year olds. <laughs> yeah. With that, uh, like I said, so it's, it's a different movie. You could clearly tell a lot of the things in this movie were meant to be f- for the production of toys and for marketing and for sales. And they clearly understood who their target audience was and, and how to reach them. So this movie was huge. Like I said, it was in 1995, excluding everything that happened post the nineties. It was the highest grossing Batman movie in the nineties. Hmm. The budget itself was about a hundred million dollars. Damn. So you talk about like escalation from 89 to 95, where in 89, 48, 48 million was the budget, which was known as the highest budget at the time. Wow. Six years later, $100 million budget. But worldwide, it grossed $336 million. If you think about it, that's it's over $230 million profit. Yeah. They used to say, or I think they still currently say that whatever your production budget is, your marketing budget is that same amount. So yeah. if you make a movie for a hundred million, the entire thing to get people to sit down and pay money to watch it is 200 million. I wonder if it was the same back then. I don't know. Yeah. Do marketing has research, to be much more expensive nowadays. I know this thing was everywhere. That whole like double your budget for just for marketing. Right. It may have even been more than that. Cause right. I remember this particular movie is the reason why they have like the glass at bus stops now. Because they would put the poster up at a bus stop and people kept stealing the posters. <laughs> so now they have it like inside that plexiglass thing, the advertisements and stuff. It's really because of this movie. Um, I remember too at McDonald's, the toys, it was like, you remember that? Like the glass cups? I was just going to say that marketing oh, yeah. was so different oh, back yeah. then yeah. because they had things like McDonald's that didn't give you cheap toys. It was real yeah. glass glasses and like yeah. it was fucking awesome. I know. Connecting it all together. Uh, the founder. 
Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. <laughs> Michael Keaton. Yep. It's so dumb. <laughs> yeah, this movie to me this and it happened right in ninety five, like this this was the nineties. Over the top Schumacher, uh very neon. Like so you think think of Gotham, like it's very different it's a very different Gotham now than Burton's Gotham where everything is dark and gothic. Right. Here everything is is you, you feel like you're in a giant club. You know, there's music, uh, even from the guns, like there's neon lights everywhere. Everything is kind of glow in the dark, uh, fluorescent, yeah, like that's so it's fucking Schumacher. It's the nineties. Yeah. It's catchphrases, you know, like the hero poses in full effect. This was the very famous, uh, opening shot. The opening shot of this movie, just so that you guys are aware of like where we are is Val Kilmer suiting up. And it's just these action shots of him like pulling up his boots, whatever. Then one of the last frames is like this close up on his ass. Yeah. Like you see his butt. Yeah. And then like the cape swoops over, you know, and it's like now he's ready to go. And the the big reveal of like this big, cool looking Batmobile. Batman standing there. There's your frame. Batman, Batmobile in the background. Good to go. Alfred walks up and goes, Shall I prepare a, a sandwich for you, sir? <laughs> and Batman looks at him and goes, no, thanks. I'll get drive-through. Jumps in the Batmobile and leaves. It's McDonald's, like, fuck bro. me. Oh, <laughs> you, my you can only imagine. But, like, I will say this Batmobile was, like, so cool. This was the first time I saw, like, a, like the screen, like, for the rims right. where it had the Batman logo that didn't spin. <laughs> the tires spun around it, but like you just had this permanent the logo, logo there. like there. It's like, wow, this this thing here. I think it was Jim Carrey, really, that this movie, like all the little catch lines and stuff. Uh, I do it to her sometimes, and I'm just, I know she has no idea what the hell I'm saying. Riddle me this, Batman. Not even that. I don't think he ever <laughs> that said that. Um, yes, I can did. I can hear I can hear it too. That that's the only I don't, thing I don't know if he was, said it, but so like he would you know he had on like this green <laughs> suit and all the question marks would like yep. blink they would light up and Batman looked at him he's like do you like the suit it keeps me safe while I'm jogging at night like little things I was like <laughs> fucking Jim Carrey man like a lot of the behind the scenes stuff a lot of the actors were like yo it's so hard to work with this guy because he's 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 fucking Jim Carrey all the time yeah. It's just nonstop, and we're we're shooting a scene where we're supposed to be serious, and I'm Batman, I'm grungy, I'm pissed off, but like I'm fucking staring at Jim Carrey with orange hair, and he's saying these things, and I'm just I'm fucking dying inside. I'm laughing. And Jim Carrey, so this came out in '95, '95, so probably production through like '94. This is right after Ace Ventura. Yeah. After the first Ace Ventura. I would have. When did I don't know? You want to look up when yeah, the Ace so Ventura movies came out? I would imagine some people who probably thought that and now are just like, oh, I get to tell people I, I like worked on set with with Jim Carrey. Yeah, because Jim Carrey's like the big deal. Yeah, everybody loves Jim Carrey. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people in Hollywood mm. love Jim Carrey. David's dad does not like <laughs> Jim Carrey. Sure, our <laughs> dad doesn't like Jim Carrey. Well, that's what I'm so. So my dad really hates Jim Carrey because um, Danny and I loved him. Yeah, and it said I would like flip my hair like how Ace Ventura and we would yeah. quote it 24-7 so I'm sure to him it's like enough of this guy. He feels I mean, the same way today about Will Ferrell. That's just, just, that's so just the know. classic parent thing. right? Yeah. You hate Jim Carrey. You're, you hate Jim Carrey because your kids love Jim Carrey and you're like stop acting like this asshole <laughs> and this guy is now like one of the most well known actors yep. and, yeah. and profit and he does like good projects. Oh nice yeah so this he, Shot may, have been, he may have been shooting this movie and uh, part two of Ace Ventura at the nice. same time because Ace Ventura itself came out in 94. Yeah. And then the second one came out in 95. That's crazy. That Excellent. is crazy. Back in the day when movies just used to come out in the next out, year. Holy shit. Uh, we went over the numbers again. $100 million budget, gross 336. Massive success. Massive, massive success. Before you go on, does this movie connect with keaton movies yeah. it does because um i don't remember their exact name jeffrey go golf whatever okay who's alfred who's the butler okay in the first two movies is, the butler is also the butler here the commissioner yeah. gordon character is the same okay alfred and commissioner gordon were the same throughout all the movies hmm. yeah so it's definitely in 
it's almost just like, you know, same stuff, just, hey, it's a different looking guy right now. But okay. it's the same, same movies and yeah. stuff. So after this movie, you know, Warner Brothers is like, we want that Batman money. Gotta have more. Warner Brothers, the rich white dudes in the office. Yep. Bastards. So they go to Schumacher again and they say, hey, now we're going to up the ante. $160 million budget. Go get whatever you want. Whatever you want? Go do it. Make this big ass movie. And I don't know. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I really don't. Because I think, again, you're running out of source material. So if you're going to do a hero movie, you got to have a villain, right? So what are the villains going to be? You've already done Penguin. You've mm-hmm. already done Catwoman. You've mm-hmm. already done Joker. Mm-hmm. Now you've done Two Face. Now you've done Riddler. What are the villains you got? Batman and Robin. Which is the fourth installment in this movie. Yeah. At the helm of Schumacher. Brought back Chris O'Donnell. Brought back uh, Alfred, Commissioner Gordon. So it's a quadrilogy now. Right. Whatever that Brought them back. Val Kilmer didn't want to do it. Didn't want to come back. So they cast an ER George Clooney to come in as Batman. Uma Thurman is now Poison Ivy. A wrestler on steroids. As Bane. He was a wrestler? I would, I don't or he's know just what a big he is, dude. but he didn't talk. <laughs> right. More than just a word or two. Right. He was a caveman. He was a Pokemon, basically. <laughs> and the now famous Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. God. Dear Freeze. God. Puns galore. This guy spoke in only, like, yeah. you know, just... <laughs> That's all it was. <laughs> right. Every every scene he had was just, like, right. one line of Yeah, five I remember words. him standing there, right? And it's like, okay, you're going to... With your little freeze gun, you're going to you're gonna shoot and freeze these people, mm-hmm. right? But before you do, you got to say... What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age! And then, boom, you hit him. It's like, what the fuck, dude? It's time to put you on ice. <laughs> <laughs> Did he have an accent in that? He did. He's or fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger. He can't oh. switch it off. <laughs> <laughs> it was a rough one, man. I loved the uh, the bat suit. The new bat suit in this movie looked sleek. It looked it looked cool. They debuted a new Robin suit, which kind of goes under the radar. A lot of people don't know this, but if you look closely, he's wearing the Nightwing costume with a cape. Oh right, color yeah. scheme. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it, it. No, the I don't know. It was weird because the color scheme was like a navy blue suit with red emblems, but it's the Nightwing outfit. Huh. It's the Nightwing logo across. It's it's you take off his cape, he's that. Nightwing essentially. Wow! But he's wearing a cape, so it's still Robin. He still goes by mm-hmm. Robin. Interestingly, into the script they wrote that they're starting to develop a, a rift in between Batman and Robin. They come together at the end. They're starting to lay the seeds for this this big split up, and um, it was announced that they did have interest in in making a standalone Robin movie, which we know would be Nightwing with Chris O'Donnell. After this movie, who knows where they were going to go with this movie afterwards? I mean, I do. We can get into that if you want. But mm-hmm. uh, in this particular movie, it was rough. Um, a lot of puns, a lot of over the top things. It, it just seemed as if they went and they designed the toys first and then they tried to put the toys in the movie. <laughs> That's what it was. This is the movie that you see Batman has his own American Express card. I mean, marketing is now oh, in yeah. full effect. I remember that. Yeah. He, he pulls it out, looks at the cameras, says never leave home without it. Like, it's just, holy shit. <laughs> Yeah, like, you know, like, uh, Christopher Nolan probably saw that and said, what the flying fuck? Like, never. We have in that in our movie. So, um, but again, hey, it's the 90s. Schumacher shows again his ability to pull in A-list actors. You have an Uma Thurman. You have an Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, you have uh, Coolio from Gangster's Paradise playing a gangster on the street. Uh, you have uh, an Alicia Silverstone. Oh, yeah. Fresh yeah. from, uh, what's the? Clueless. Clueless. Right, right. Right. Fresh from Clueless. She steps in. She's she's Batgirl. This is them kind of just taking the names, taking the characters and tweaking it. So this version of Batgirl is actually the granddaughter of Alfred. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, this it's is just, just rushing back. In yeah, a this is. A terrible way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
It's like you think back as a kid, you're like, that's cool and all that. And then, you know, you read the comics, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, <laughs> what happened? Again, good movies. Um, I didn't even write down what it grossed only because it lost money. Oh, did it? Yeah, it didn't even make back what the budget was. This may have been the first one that I saw in theaters. I God feel like I, I saw this one in theaters. You None should the have been stuff. born sooner. <laughs> I should have. Or later, I guess, yeah. if nobody went to go see it. Yeah. I should have just yeah. avoided that time. I just I want to get quick into uh, your little conspiracy thing or spoiler, whatever. So they did they did write a script. She said, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, Mills Lane over here, Celebrity Deathmatch. <laughs> they did write a script for a fifth movie, and it was going to be called Batman Triumphant. Yeah, if you thought the other ones were over the top, this thing is fucking absolutely insane. I actually watched uh, Read Along with Kevin Smith, which he talks about it. Mm -hmm. But one of the things I felt that after watching all four of these movies, uh, the audience, what we deserved to see was one scene in particular where Batman is now in Arkham. Uh, He gets hit with the fear toxin from Scarecrow and he sees all of his villains. So it would have been the most expensive scene ever shot in cinematic history, but you would have had Jack Nicholson return as the Joker, Danny DeVito return as a penguin, Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face, Jim Carrey as the Riddler, Arnold as Mr. Freeze, Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy, all in one scene. And they're now judging Batman. Like it would have been amazing to just see that visual like all these different characters that's incredible that that's in my head just think of the star power of that one scene it'd be more it's more incredible with those like handful of actors than with all the people that like marvel created in the mcu because they had to either create or reinvent those people these people needed none of that yeah it's a perfect way to like bring them back because it's you know you know it's fear toxin. You know it's not real. So you're suspending right. your disbelief for a minute. And you can, you know, now all the gloves are off. Like, go. Like, whatever you want to do. Like, oh, this guy died. Yeah, but he, that's what he sees right now. It's perfectly understandable. And it, it would have been in this scene where they reintroduce Chris O'Donnell as now the Nightwing character. Cool. Smashes through some glass window, whatever. Arrives, saves the day. They go on to fight and win, whatever. But yeah, that one scene would have pretty much summed up the 90s for me in all these movies. Unfortunately, obviously, after not even making back the money that they invested in this this fourth movie, they pulled the plug. As we know, the rest is history. They decided to go in a new way and give the the film rights to uh, a young uh, Christopher Nolan so that he can do what he wanted to do with these characters. That's where we are with Batman and the 90s, as well as all the media that came out in video games and animated movies. Like, we didn't even go deeply into the animated stuff, but Hmm. that Batman, the animated series, spun off a Superman series. It spun off a Justice League series. Uh, We also got the, uh, at least in this household, favorite Batman Beyond series. Joe loves her Batman. Remastered seasons one and two, now on DC Universe. I already have it. Give us money. Yeah, and then something interesting that I sent you this morning is, again, people love this animated series so much that they're going to continue that mythos in a comic run. I think it's six issues that they're putting out. Paul Dini is returning. He's there. He's the one doing it. So it's the graphics, the imagery in it are straight out of the animated show. And it, I mean, obviously with today's technology and touch, it looks really, really cool. Yeah. I highly suggest uh, if you're into this kind of stuff. As we are, you look into it. That's about all the all the Batman I got for you in the '90s. I can keep going on forever. I'm sure Joe is uh is tired of hearing my voice now. Yes, <laughs> I'm also tired of hearing about Batman. You but... should never ever be tired about hearing about Batman, mm. considering we're gonna build a fucking yeah, three thousand piece, two foot long <laughs> Batmobile later. Available at Lego stores nationwide. <laughs> Worldwide. Currently back ordered online don't go online so for all our listeners out there my birthday was last week and and joe uh my beloved uh wrangled a a group of strangers together to fund my lego addiction and purchased a 3000 piece two foot long 1989 michael keaton batmobile for me to construct by myself 
Negative. (laughs) I will be helping. So, real quick, every generation has their James Bond. Batman's no different. You know, everybody knows Batman. Like, the name, the term, whatever. Like, you know what he looks like, the suit, whatever. Obviously, you have the Pattinson thing coming up soon. So, this generation is about to get a whole new one. And that looks very promising in itself. But... I asked you before, like, who is your Batman? You guys answered. <laughs> it was tough. Kind of. It was tough to accept that. Uh, to me, mine and Bob Kane, our favorite Batman, coincidentally, was Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. I think okay. Val Kilmer, it's tough. So I've always said, like, Batman is Batman. You put him in a suit, and it's almost like that is the visual. The, the Christian Bale voice was a little over the top. It kind of became a thing, which I think negatively impacted that. Yeah. But for the most part, you can't screw that up. Just have a badass suit. Just stand there, look mean and menacing, and you're fine. Batman's really – like the actor is is how good are you at Bruce Wayne? And um, again, Keaton didn't really have the look for me. George Clooney was too George Clooney with his fucking suave and you know that I went and saw yeah. Ocean's Eleven and I'm like you're it's the same guy. It's the same guy. Yeah. Val Kilmer to me was somebody that perfectly captured like this guy's pain. And at the same time, when he goes out and he's in and he's around people, he's he's charming. He's you know, it, it, you know you would look at him and just think like this guy's got it all. This is what a rich guy would be like. And then when he's alone in the Batcave, it's like. Okay, this is this is who you really are. And then when he puts the suit on, it's like now, now, now you're Batman. Right. So Affleck, um, Affleck was kind of that, I guess, but it was just he wasn't the first for me. Bale was okay, but the voice, like in in the suit, you know, killed it. And and sometimes, like when I would watch him and he's talking, it it almost looked like he had like peanut butter on the roof of his mouth, like he was like doing something with his mouth. And obviously, it's because he has an accent and he's probably working on his dialect. But he's like Mr. Ed. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> they <laughs> Maybe, did the Mr. Yeah. Ed trick with him. I don't know, man. But uh, Val Kilmer all day. I don't remember. I know there was a video game that we had on the Super Nintendo. I think it was more around the '89 movie. I can't remember. Do you, do you know any other video games that came out in the 90s, Batman-wise? No. Yeah, I don't think so either. I don't think the video game thing was, was very big then. There was a Batman Forever. I want to say probably the Sega Genesis. Oh, really? Yeah. Either Genesis. Yeah, it had to have been Genesis. Sega mm-hmm. Genesis. I remember playing that. But it's one of those, you know, it's not a, it's not the games you might think of today. Right. It's, it's most certainly not Arkham. Oh, it's more like an arcade-type game where... You don't save. It's just start to finish. You just advance levels, and as soon as you turn that system off, you start from square one all over again the next day. Welcome to our childhood. What are you doing? She's putting on like... What do you need lip balm for? You haven't said a word. (laughs) I was preparing for my words. Is it time for fondest memories? Fondest memories time. Fondest memories. You got, any, you got any fond memories for all these Batman movies? Other than, well, that's the year I was born. <laughs> that was the year I was born. <laughs> now, I remember having at least 20 different Batman action figures. And that's all I would do. Really? And I wouldn't even, even when I wasn't trying to play Batman, I would use all different Batman figures. So if I had just watched a, um, what's the dude's name? Uh, Pierce Brosnan uh james bond film and i wanted to play james bond with my toys it would be all batman <laughs> james bond would be batman the the girl would be batman this person would be batman the villain would be batman 006 would be batman it was great <laughs> and i just played all batman what about you joe i clearly was not a batman fan i remember the two later movies only because i thought robin was hot chris o'donnell <laughs> yeah Ooh, um, I got a crystal down. And we had those toys. Thomas definitely had all those toys. <laughs> so I'll t- we'll take pictures of them to put up sometime this week. But we still have two of those big, they're like a foot tall original toys from those movies. And I remember seeing those mm-hmm. and him playing with them all the time. So that's what I remember. I can't tell you much about the movies. Like I said, I wasn't big into Batman, but I remember Thomas driving me crazy. Yeah. What do you got? You got an answer to that? <laughs> No, no. I, was, I was thinking. 
Good so time. my, I don't know if this is a fond memory, but um, I was like five or six, so probably had to be like 92, 93. Parents got divorced. Dad moved out, had his own place, and uh, you stay with them like every other weekend, crap, whatever. He'll be the one to probably tell you more than me. I mean, my memory sucks for that kind of stuff. My brother remembers things like an elephant. It was literally every other weekend. You know, back in the day, kids, when Blockbuster was a thing, you Ooh. can remember that, we would go to Blockbuster. Whenever we could stay with my dad, we went to Blockbuster and get movies. And he will tell you that for probably a six months straight, every other weekend, so at least twice a month, I would rent Batman Returns. <laughs> it was just nonstop. And I even told him one day, I was like, why would you not just buy it <laughs> if that's the case? Really? You know? And it was just like, well, I was hoping one day you might want to get something different. But every it was Batman Returns. Every other weekend, I would rent the same movie and watch it at his little apartment. Um, and then as we got older, it was, okay, now we have our own VCR. We have our own stuff. Uh, we buy movies. I remember buying uh, Batman Forever on VHS. And as she knows now and absolutely drives her fucking insane. I have to watch something at night to go to bed. I can't just lay there in the dark and just fall asleep. Danny can. So a lot of times he's like, Hey, what are we going to watch? And he's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to fall asleep now. So then I would pick out what we're going to watch. Right. And I would watch Batman forever. nonstop. <laughs> just like, <laughs> like, every, like almost every day, the same thing. Um, and yeah, man, I grew up on these movies. I love them. Um, probably explains some sort of trauma that i might have towards like parents that were there for me or were very supportive i don't know why i feel that way but it's the second episode in a row right. eminem and now this yeah. it's all yeah. shitting on our parents yeah oh, so the 90s. that's the 90s man batman in the 90s batman was the 90s batman I mean, was the 90s look at where we are today with superheroes and just think back to that that's what it was yeah Basically, it's a comic nerd just like us who uh, was a professor, but he just loved comics. And he, in front of a panel of presidents and his peers and stuff, gave a reason why comics should be considered accredited course in college and institutions. It should. And, I agree. Well, he basically compared uh, Greek mythology mm-hmm. or, or religious studies, mm-hmm. like the story of Moses, to the story of Superman. Mm-hmm. And when they basically broke them down side by side, they were like, holy shit, this is the same thing. Understanding those morals in a different medium for a different generation of kids. So he got accredited. He became the first teacher to ever be able to teach about comic books for accredited course in college. So he immediately got a lot of praise from people like Bob Kane and Stan Lee. And this guy happened to be the world's biggest Batman fan. (laughs) And because now he had this praise and this money, he went to Warner Brothers and he said, I would like to purchase the rights for the film of Batman. His name is Michael Usling, Usling, something Mm. like that. He's the one that went to them and said, Batman's your most popular character. Batman's cool. You've never done him justice. It's always been the Powap and Zam. It's been the Adam West stuff. It's music. It's funny. This guy is a badass. This guy is, is he's not a hero. He's a vigilante and you need to do it that way. So he's the one that had the, the vision to make that dark, gritty Batman that it took them 10 years to finally make. It's all because of one guy. Quick shout out to Five Below because they gave us this awesome We Love the 90s trivia box. And we're going to do a very quick, I don't know, two to five minute segment in every episode where I get to quiz Thomas and David on 90s trivia. So feel free to play along at home. I'm ready. Should we say me, Bing, David? Or you just shout it out? Yeah, I figured. It's a 90s thing to say. Bing. (laughs) Bing? (laughs) I don't know. Chandler Bing? Okay. (laughs) Can we get a wheel? (laughs) Is there a wheel somehow involved? (laughs) Okay. <laughs> in what video are the Backstreet Boys singing in the rain? What the fuck? Um, I'll give you <laughs> options though. Oh, Is it yeah. quit playing games, all I have to give, or get down? I'm gonna go with all I have to give. No, it is quit playing games. Oh, you're supposed games. to oh, give sorry. it to me. I quit knew that. Quit playing well, games with my heart. Yeah, that's why it's a very sad song. They're in the rain. 
Uh, Wait, it's my turn now. Sure, it's your turn now. Awesome. What was the Spice Girls' first U.S. single? The choices are Say You'll Be There, Wannabe, or Stop. Wannabe? Yeah. (laughs) Boom. Sing it. Sing it. (laughs) Sing it for extra points. Isn't that like, I'll tell you what I want, what I really really want. Ooh. Yeah. (laughs) I want to, I want to, I want to, I want (laughs) to. Um, who was Time Magazine's Man of the Year for 1999? Oof, Thomas. Thomas, you have some choices. Bill Gates of Microsoft, Andy Grove of Intel, or Jeff Bezos of Amazon. I'm just gonna I'm gonna go with the one that most people aren't expecting, I guess, with middle guy Intel. No, that would have been Fuck. before 99. That's the one you could have eliminated. I thought, what's his name was before is it, 99? Is it Bill Gates of Microsoft? No. It was Jeff Bezos? Bezos of Amazon. I do. That was probably going to be my second choice. I remember people saying, like, Amazon has been around for a much longer time than what we think. Yeah. One more. Here we go. The triple <laughs> Easy point question. Easy one for Thomas and a hard one for David. Wait, is it worth triple points? If you want. What's yes. the name of Angelica's doll in Rugrats? Oh my God, David! You're not hosting this segment. <laughs> Taking over. It's a '90s thing. <sighs> oh my God. If oh, you yeah, need what? choices for this, this is bad. In the Lion King. False. <laughs> what was the name of Simba's father? <laughs> you need choices, don't you? No, no, don't tell me. Hold on. I'll give you some Simba. choices. And you have, Simba, and, and you have to provide the real name his of the guy that did the voice. Nala. I know who it is. I don't know his name. See, I knew it. You're awful. Mufasa. Mm-hmm. Wait, are you really like struggling? James Earl Jones. Mm-hmm. Mufasa, James Earl Jones. <laughs> James Mufasa Earl Jones. You were struggling with that, or were you just fucking with us? I I had Mufasa in my head, but I was th- I was trying to remember the name of the bad bad cat. Scar. The bad cat. The bad Mister Kitty. Scar, because he scar. has a scar on his face. <laughs> Thanks. Very straightforward time. Played by Jeremy Irons. Oh, it's another true or false. I don't like this one. Alfred Pennyworth. Two mm-hmm. year Ben Affleck Batman. Netflix. I'm up three too. What? <laughs> I don't like it. It's another true or false, so I was gonna get rid of it. Oh, okay. What shock rocker is the mild mannered Vincent Fernier better known as? Marilyn Manson, Alice Cooper, or Flea? Alice Cooper. Yep. It's not Damn. Marilyn Manson, bitches. His um, name is please. Marilyn Manson. No. <laughs> All right, we're we're tied three three. So this last what? one is just going out in the middle, and then whoever answers it quickest. All right, so you don't give us the options. Think personal. Okay. Don't listen to the question. Think personal. Me. Dead what bird. was the name of Stanley's dog in the mask? Barky. How is that personal? <laughs> Milo. Milo. Uh, I said it at the same time. Same, same time? time. I was waiting for you to say your dumb shit. Are we gonna let this? He's a Barky. <laughs> Who the fuck names a dog Barky? It's <laughs> a bad idea. <laughs> I we should do the shout out version more. I think we'll I get better. Barky. I didn't know exactly what you meant by personal. <laughs> I thought it was like just say the the thing that comes to your head. No, that's called stupid. <laughs> Fine, I'll give you one more. Yeah. Who played neurologist Oliver Sacks in the 1990 film Awakenings? The fuck Excellent. is that movie? That sounds like a movie that Joe and only Joe. No, I've never watched. seen this. And James Earl Jones. No, it's someone who passed away. If that helps, Stanley. Um, it's someone who's white. Luke Perry. Warner Brothers. It's someone who's funny. Passed away. Funny. Chris Farley. White. Damn, you guys know a lot more people than me. Passed it's away. Someone who funny white. Oh man, I have one clue that I'll give it away, but don't no, give that don't, clue. Don't do that. Is he fat or skinny? skinny? Ooh, Robin Williams. Yes. Ah. Damn, how'd you do that? Because <laughs> he's trying to think of white comedians that died. Yeah. <laughs> so I either won or I'm down three points. <laughs> <laughs> It was like a fitting place to stop. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> well, that wraps it up for episode two, Batman in the 90s. Batman. Uh, reach out to us on all of our social media. On Instagram, you can find us at we underscore the 90s. On Twitter, we underscore 90s. And on Facebook, our Facebook page is we comma the 90s. 
You can also find us if you actually enjoy this type of shit and you want to listen to us talk about more stuff that only we really care about. Uh, you can listen to our other podcast called Why So Serial. Uh, you can find us on all the same platforms that you listen to this podcast, and you can find us on social media at Why So Serial Pod. Also, another thing that we're doing uh, that should be live for the first person who is able to listen to this, we have created a Patreon page, so you can become a Patreon and help support the show by donating uh, as little as $1 a month, and with those donations, you become a Patreon of the show, and you get some special perks, starting off with, I think, a personalized video from all of us thanking you for becoming a patreon i think for the first 30 days um so you can find us or you can find that at patreon.com slash we the 90s and support the show help us keep doing this nonsense and giving you a bunch of information that you probably don't need but it's fun to have that's it for this week's episode of we the 90s we'll be back with our next report on march 3rd 